Boys and girls, moms and dads, welcome back to Pin to Pin, the volleyball podcast. My name is Ryan Tolman. I'm your host. To my right here is Danger Will Robinson. Behind the glass over there, our producer extraordinaire, Noah Cotterman. This is episode eight of our volleyball podcast. It's been quite the hiatus, but we are back, baby. You ready to go? We are back. Let's do it. All right, that was um, that was not my best intro. Oh, you don't think so? I didn't feel I didn't feel the energy. I wonder why. Because it's been a we, while. We have not done this in a while, so we're not <laughs> uh, going to be real great at it yet. Three month hiatus. We were busy doing lots of things. We tried. We we tried what ten, 10 times to get together. Hey, are you free this Sunday? No. Are you free this Sunday? No. We could never make it work. And we filmed twice. And we've tried to do this episode a couple of times with some technical difficulties. Maybe the producer, he should get to talk. Should we? We should give him the time to speak to the people. <laughs> producer, so they, what's going on, bro? Uh, the video corrupted. Video corrupted. One what was time. The, yeah. And then the second time. And the other time there was this noise. Okay. A metronome, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Sometimes we have this ghost metronome that gets and we, pops up. If you're we actually listening to this now, we finally did it after a we long figured time. It out. So we were coaching volleyball. Um, weird to think that the hosts of Pin to Pin, the volleyball podcast, were actually doing volleyball activities, but we were. Um, we were definitely. So the the high the boys' high school season probably was the one that got in the way the most. But then there's some travel for girls' club that also. Kind of got us. Well, and then um, Noah had... And then Noah was coaching at Benedictine. Yep. Uh, Benedictine University in Mesa is coaching the, the men's. He was assistant coach there. And they made a run to the national championship game. Runners up for a second straight year. To the same team. It's probably because he's got Dax on his team. Dax and my oldest son is probably the greatest runner up of all time. I know that's kind of a bad thing to say. He's he would probably, say the same. He's probably like, he would a say lot the dad. same. Yeah. He's gotten second place a bunch. Um, 18 years. The only time he got first. Yeah. Is that, is that fact check? It, it's true. Yep. Second place twice in 14s. <laughs> once in 15s. Once in 16s. No, he, he skipped 15. So once in 16s, once in 17s, once in 18s, and then finally won it. So it took him a while, but he got over the hump. So maybe next year you guys finally get over the hump for Benedictine. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, looking good. We're only, yeah. I think we're only losing one person. Be cool. So, so uh, yeah, anyway, lots of volleyball. Um, but we're excited to be back and uh, excited to get uh, get the ball rolling again, so to speak. Even though there's not really a ball here. There's no ball here. Yeah. Ball's in the background. Uh, well, you got some of them. Uh, all right. Um, what are so, we talking about today? Oh no, no, we got things to do. Did you? We typed up this whole show sheet, and you're just you're just winging it. Well, you were going to talk to Noah. I'm driving. I'm driving the bus, dude. All I right, I got this. Drive it. <laughs> last time, at the end of our episode, last time, if any of you still remember, uh, we I we, don't. We started a new segment called Noah's Trivia. Question of the week. If thing. it is a week, we got, <laughs> we want to do it weekly. We promise we got, we got to come up with a better name, but we do have a jingle for it. Yeah. So no, what was the, <laughs> the question of last week's <laughs> last, last episode, last quarter, last episode's question. No, it was, uh, what was the first division two men's team to win a national championship? And, uh, I believe Andrew Yamashiro actually said this name on, on our last podcast. He, he, I think he had it figured out, but well, the answer is what Lewis university, Lewis university. 
out but then of, got vacated out of Romeoville, Illinois. Vacated because they had some illegal players. Probably we don't know. No, that's yeah. And then the, and then the final score. That was the other th- crazy thing, right? What was the final score of that one? Oh, uh, she's gonna have final to look score. Uh, like one, one of the, of the sets, sets was forty to forty-two or yeah, something, something like that. Crazy. Something wild. Can, can you imagine? That's a crazy set in a regular match. But if you put stakes like a national championship on there, that just blows my mind. So wait, was that when they played to thirty? Could have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, maybe it's what if not, it was so when they played to 15, crazy. too? Because yeah, they did was, play to 15. Sure. Did you ever coach in 15-point volleyball in Arizona? I did okay, not. Because Fred po- Mann would have. Post-side-out volleyball. Thank goodness. Fred, those, those matches could just keep going. Fred, I've had great conversations with Coach Mann about this, about side out, side out stuff. What did he? And, what like? Is there and something? Coach he, Wagner, Brian Wagner, I've had some conversations because he played in it. He played in yeah. it. Yeah, and and coached in it for a little bit after, right? Like, but so it's it, the strategy was totally different. Fred coached different back then. Is you what miss he, more serves? Yeah, you could really go for it from the service line. And yeah. I remember some of those when I first started early two thousand. Some of those Fred Man coach Mount Point teams were the gnarliest serving teams that you would ever play because he was still kind of in that mode. And, and he's like, oh wait. <laughs> I mean, but they still, I mean, you still went for it and they, they would serve teams off the court rally or side out. Doesn't matter if you, if you can make them, those matches could it. just go so long. So it's long. That, so crazy. Yeah, right. You're three hours in and you're, you're you could, lo- you could lose in the, your best player could have like 30 kills. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that now? Right? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right, none whatsoever. It can confirm that was when they played to 30. Yes. Okay. okay so, so it wasn't okay. as crazy. First set was 42 to 44. That's still, that's still, still yeah, impressive. Not, yeah. It's still quite a bit of an overtime situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have a, 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 let's start with this question now. We, we get the answer. Let's do another question. So what's your next trivia for this episode? No, next go for trivia. It. What is the nickname of Lang Ping during her coaching career? Lang Ping. Is that correct? Is it coaching or? Playing? Yes. Okay. Coaching. Coaching. So okay. Lang Ping, when she coached. Who's Lang Ping? I don't Ryan? know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I love doing this to you. I know you guys are the it's worst. It's fantastic. Uh, famous Chinese, Chinese. Yep. volleyball player that she then coached, coached the U.S. women's team. And then she won gold with China. Okay. So I know who she is sort of. She's, I a, gold, pick, she's a gold medalist. If I walked past her on Actually, the street, I would never know. Actually, is she a gold know. medalist? Because coaches don't get medals, then which I think is the dumbest yeah, thing right, I've they ever heard. Well, then what's. Yeah. That's. Yeah. So hey, you just coached an NBA team to the championship. We're not getting you a ring. <laughs> you don't get to participate. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I have. That's a good. That's a good answer. I mean, a good question. Lang Ping. So nickname. So if you if you have it, comment it on uh, on our YouTube page or wherever you find our our podcast. We'd love to hear from you if you know the answer to that. Don't don't cheat and Google. You know. No, this is this is for fun, guys. This yeah. Is, don't. So cheat. Um, with that being said. Um, Hopefully, if you found us, you know where we are, um, but we are on all social media podcast platforms, so to speak, right? At least the main You ones. did a good job. Yeah. Spotify, uh, Google. iTunes. Um, iTunes. So podcasts. Yeah. Po- uh, Apple, pa- Apple Podcasts. YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, and, and we haven't really been active on Instagram because we just haven't had a lot of content over the last little bit, but... We're back. So here we're we go. Back. We're back. Um, Stick with us. Summers summers are yeah. great times for coaches. Yeah. It's their time to, to get yeah. reset, refresh. We're hoping it's to get you a lot of content over the next uh, the next little bit here. So uh, stick with us here. Uh, let's start with a quote today, Will. It's my favorite quote. Okay. And I say that. Why like, is it your favorite quote? I, I just like it. Are you just saying that? 
I, probably. Okay. I mean, I'll say that who about a lot. Who said this? We'll, we'll have another. Do we know who said yeah, this? I know who said it. Who said it? Uh, well, I'll tell you after I say the quote. Well, okay. So I, I use this. I talk about this quote every year with my volleyball teams, all of my teams, and I'm sure some of them are like, "Coach, we're gonna have to talk about this again." Yes. The we quote is: "The greatest threat to excellence is complacency." Spoken by, at least from what I have heard, Nick Saban. Okay. And maybe he stole it from somebody else, right? But. I, there's only there, somehow there's only four results. I know it. I know it from Nick Saban. I heard. I heard it. I don't even remember where I heard it, but um, the greatest threat to excellence is complacency. Nick Saban, great uh, football coach uh, at the yeah, University of Nick Alabama. Mm -hmm. I think and, that's weird. Uh, they took the the quotes out, and then all of a sudden, yeah, know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Google works. Yeah, um, I love that quote because it's very easy to become complacent. It's very easy to lose motivation you know what to, i call that to my teams what do you call that slippage <laughs> okay different term that's what i call it. same it's idea same right? idea we're experiencing it's some slippage, slippage right now whether kiddos. it's skill system yeah whatever it is correct and that and that's uh complacency is a is a is a is a part of just human nature right at some point most humans not all right but most humans become very complacent even if you win um Correct. Winning yeah. actually probably, probably breeds it. complacency. Yeah. And I think that's why Nick Saban likes that quote, right? I mean, they win at Alabama all the time. A lot. They're playing high stakes football games year, year in and year out. And so it's probably easy to become complacent. Well, we won the national championship last year, so psh, we're fine. We don't need to really get better or recruit great players again. I mean, it's easy for it would be easy for him to just say, yeah, we're fine. We've climbed that mountain many times. We'll just keep plugging away and, and everything, the, you know, whatever he happens. He makes the summit higher and higher every year. Yeah. It raises the bar. Yeah. So, um, we're talking about motivation today. Um, something that I, I have used as a tool in my coaching from basically day one in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a volleyball player growing up. So when I first started coaching volleyball, I didn't have a big bank of skill set and knowledge of the game to, to, to share with the kids. So for me early on in my coaching career, it, a lot of it was just, um, how can I motivate, right? How can I get the most out of these kids? How can I get these guys just to work together? Right. Even though it has nothing to do with, like you said, skill system, yeah. whatever it is. And so this is something that's really, really, uh, important to me. Um, and I think it started from my childhood, to be honest with you. You ready for some story time? Yeah, of course. Always. So, <laughs> so uh, growing up, big basketball guy. Baseball, basketball were my two sports growing up. And, and golf. I played golf. I have played golf on my birthday just about every year for 40, whatever. I'm 43. I guess I didn't play when I was two. but um, That's insane. Probably since I was. I have nothing like that in my probably life. Probably since I was mean 10. I don't do anything so for like 33 years, I've played golf on my birthday almost every, almost every year. Um, anyway, that's a sidebar. That is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this year I will be playing golf on my birthday for sure. I guarantee it. But so golf, basketball, baseball guy, baseball, I was average. I wasn't, I was a first baseman with not a lot of power. So if you know baseball, that's like, okay, that's out. Um, so basketball kind of became my thing. We had a basketball hoop in the front yard. I shot baskets, uh, all, all day long, right? Like hours and hours and hours of, of shooting baskets in the front yard. It's still... Still to this day, every now and then I'll pick up a ball and I'll just shoot by myself. And it's like this wave of nostalgia just comes over me. Just, just it's, you kind of go into your own little zone. 
I don't know if you ever shot hoops in the front yard by yourself, Noah, we, right? Like I had a hoop. I don't know. I had a hoop. And when you get in that little like zone, right, by yourself, it's incredible. So Especially I, as a kid. I, yeah. It's you right. have a very different mind as a kid. Oh man. Oh, the imagination wanders uh-huh. and you're all over the place. Loved it. So uh that was me growing up. And you know, playing competitively in rec leagues and whatever club basketball wasn't really a thing when I was a kid. So I didn't get an opportunity. Like nowadays kids are playing all the time too much high level basketball, you know, volleyball, all these club sports just all the time. So anyway, I, I, uh, got to junior high and I was terrible compared to everybody else. And that's probably harsh. I was probably, probably being pretty tough on myself, but I never played my, my junior high teams were, were great. We were the one of the best teams in the city. My I remember my freshman year we went seventeen and zero. We thought we were the greatest basketball team in the history of the world. It was Carson Junior High out Mesa, and I was one of the founding members of the bench squad. And we and we did like a little like a little bench. See, it's like a bench you could sit I, on. I get it. it. Yeah, yeah. So we were found. I was founding member of the bench squad because we played. What I mean, a role player you are. You're like, hey, you're up thirty. Tolman, go in for the last forty five seconds of this game. What a nice coach. <laughs> right. We've been up thirty for twenty minutes, and I still can't get in the game. Jeez. So it was tough. It was tough. Right. And, and I remember, I remember just thinking, okay, I'll just keep plugging away. I'll just keep playing. Right. Like, I don't know that there was a lot of motivation other than it was just something that I did that I enjoyed. Right. So then come my sophomore year, I get to Westwood high school and I go to try out five foot 10 ish slow. Right. Not, not a lot of, not a lot of skill, so to speak. I wasn't a great ball handler and I got cut. And I remember being devastated, like, wow, I cannot believe this coach cut me. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. I'm better than that kid and that kid. Like, one of my best friends made the team. And I, I knew I was better than him because I beat him in the front yard all the time, right? But he made the team, so it was devastating. And I, I, I remember at the time, I was like, I'm done, right? Like, I, I don't need to play high school basketball. I don't need to play basketball anymore, whatever. I, I can be done. And uh, luckily, I had a mother who was pretty in tune to it's big stuff. Big deal. Moms know stuff, yes. right? And uh, for whatever reason, she just either she believed in me or she just didn't want to see me moping around the house every day. So she convinced me to, that I that I needed to you know get your friends together that you know aren't on the basketball team, or whatever. Let's put you in a YMCA league. You guys should go play basketball for fun. And at first, I was hesitant, but she she insisted, and we put together this little this little team. And I was the best player on the team. It's great. It passed me the ball all the time. I feel like. Michael Jordan at the time in this little YMCA rec league, like just scoring in the everywhere. Ball. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and my confidence grew, right. Um, just from playing, just from, just from being out there. Remember and, that parents. Yeah. Just from a good experience of being on the, it, there wasn't a coach. There wasn't a championship. It wasn't, as, you know, it wasn't as glorified stuff. I wasn't looking for a scholarship. I was just playing and enjoying the game. I think it's important. Yeah. So then at that point, my motivation, you know, kind of, it, it changed, right? Um, I, I was confident because I was having some success. And I think confidence is huge, right? And when it comes to motivation, but now all of a sudden I was motivated to kind of prove people wrong. A little chip. A little bit. So I grew. And the, the, that was the other part of the story, right? I went from 5'10 as a sophomore to 6'5 as a junior. That'll make coaches like you. Yeah. So yep. I walked into the gym tryouts the next year as a junior and they're like oh wow you got taller we we want you and I, was like, yeah. I was like i did coach i'm kind of the same player as i was before i'm just a big i'm a bigger player so i made the team as a junior and you know long story short i, I ended up having a pretty good little high school career but 
um, the motivation for me to get better at basketball initially was, was misplaced, right? I don't know that I knew why I was trying to get better. And then once I tasted some success, then all of a sudden I was like, okay, now I see what, what I need to do in order to continue to find that success. Yeah. And then I started to work hard. I mean, I, I don't know that I had ever worked as hard in practice as I did my junior and senior year, because I, I knew that there was something at stake and I knew that I, if I did that, there would be rewards, right? Yeah. So motivation is tricky. And it, and when we're all motivated, slightly different. All, every single one of us. Um, because we don't all want the same thing and we right. don't all have the same motor and we don't all do volleyball for the same reasons. And so how, how that's hard and as that's a coach. that's the part we got to figure out. Coach, parents, even their own teammates, teammates can help motivate each other a lot. That's a hard part about coaching is right. the whole motivation thing. And I, I, from a coaching perspective, I don't know if a coach should be the main motivator of an athlete. I, I do believe that. I completely agree. Because I, I didn't have one growing up. There wasn't a coach that was motivating me. It was all internal at that point. I mean, my mom a little bit, right? Yeah. And then it all became internal. And I think once it, once it was internalized, I think that's over. when I, yeah, that's I, when I saw that's, the most growth. And I think that's what we have to educate the athletes the most on is like external motivation is good, but I think it should be used when you're lacking internal motivation. Right. And it shouldn't be the only carrot in the stick thing for you. Sure. You know? So, so how? Your why. You you alluded to earlier. I think talking about a person's why is really important in anything. Okay. So is that how you motivate? Like if like you're you're looking at your athletes, club, well, get, high school, whatever. I, you How have do you to get to know the kids to know what makes them tick? Sure, you know, and some kids want accolades. You know, they they want to have the they want to see their stats on max preps up there high, or they want to be on all region team, all state team, whatever it is. But some kids that's a lot of external motivation. Yeah, but some kids just do it because they don't like to be bad at something, and right. I like those kids. Those I, are my kind of yeah. kids. Like I coach, I just don't like being bad. What am I doing wrong? All right. That you're internally motivated. Right. And it's because you want to be good at stuff. Is there a ceiling to that though? Like, I don't want to be bad at it. And all of a sudden you feel like you've arrived. I feel like there might be a ceiling there. So how, so, you know, okay. I'm not bad anymore. Right. Yeah. I so mean, you gotta, you gotta so have then that. How do you push through that? So I think in most times in athletics, you're going to have people that plateau coaches, players, admin, everyone's going to plateau. You need to identify that you're plateauing and then figure out what is in front of me that is making me plateau. That's a lot of identification because, because (laughs) right. Like this is hard. Yeah. Well, I think you need to know your, your position and then you need to know what is it about my position right now that I'm not doing well enough to where I feel this plateau. And you know what though? Sometimes it's some people just have this plateau of an idea and they're actually not plateauing. So it can be just in their own head. Right. So then you got to, you got to make sure you're asking your coaches, your players, your parents, like, am I getting better? <laughs> right. Because sometimes you don't know. Well, you can't tell. You can't tell. It's in little increments and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember a conversation I had with a mom a handful of years ago um, at a club tournament and she hadn't seen some of the boys from the year before play. And she goes, Oh my gosh, you guys have gotten so much better. And I kind of looked at her like, Really? We have? And she goes, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen you guys play in months and you guys look incredible. And so, yeah, I think it's hard to see yourself improving, um, on those small increments when you're in it daily. 
Yeah. Um, I have a couple athletes in my own house that have a, I think the best kind of motivation, right? Okay. And it's a big chip on their shoulder. I love that. You know, those, yeah. those, you know, Dax and Garrick, both of them are, have this, I'm shorter than most setters at the next level chip. And I need to prove everybody wrong. And it's, it has, it has served them well because they know that they have to be so much better in all of the other parts of their game because they can't make up for it by being six foot six athleticism. Yeah. Um, so that, and, and that's something that I have drawn on a drawn from with them a, a lot, right? Like, listen, you're not the biggest guy out there, so you have to do more, right? You have to be better here. You have to be a better leader. You have to be a better teammate. You have to be just better. Right. Yeah. And I think that's been a really interesting way to motivate them throughout the years. What would you say is the biggest difference in your two boys and how they're motivated? Both of them, both of them really similarly with the chip, right? Um, Daxton is driven by, by winning probably because he's gotten second so much. He, he just, he competing is really his, his big thing. And Garrick, Garrick just wants to prove everybody wrong. He's one of those kids that just consistently, wherever he goes, just wants to show people, listen, you, you doubted me. You didn't think I could do it. And so I'm just going to show you. He's been like that since he was little. Yeah. It's crazy. My little, not your little. No, no, no. I mean, like since he was 14, I think it's interesting. He was telling adults, we're going to get an open bid and we're like, all right. Like you're nuts. And then he did. And then he did. He did. So. It's crazy. He was nuts when he said that. Yeah. You and I looked at each other like, okay, okay bud. Okay. <laughs> but he did. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, part of it. Prove people wrong. Luckily for Garrick, he grew up in a household where Daxton beat him at everything. Right. Older brother, three-ish, yeah. three and a half years. I mean, Daxton beat him at everything. Video games, sports, beat him up because he's bigger. <laughs> you know, like he, he Garrick was, was constantly getting beat. And, and I think that's a huge, that's been a huge motivator. Losing sometimes can motivate. You have to make sure you're in the right frame. You have to. Because I've lost a lot. Right. Yeah. And if if you're not framing it personally the right way, and you're not framing the team, talking from a coaching perspective, it's it can be a snowball. Not a good snowball. No. This is, there, are, there are positive snowballs in life. This, this is, is not, not one, one of them. them. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, in, that's interesting. Um, so each athlete's different. Every athlete's different. Every person's Each different. Each team's different. That's once again why you have to make sure you know your kids. Yo, so I was going to say, how, you do, have to. how do you find it out? You have to. You have to have conversations with them. Even if it's just uh, a coach I coached with this year, Eric Viney, he just basically gave them like a Word document. And that was his medium of just knowing like, why is what it you do What would they put th- in there? What? Like their why? Yeah just information on them. So then he knew as a coach, like how to push them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, that's a decent way of doing it. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad way. I don't think, you know, but I like just the conversation. My favorite thing is just walking around qualifiers with my kids. Yeah. I did that with, with uh, Garrick all the time. Yeah, just chatting. Them just, up. Yeah. We go to the best courts and then we start talking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. That's just what I do. I don't know if it's the right way or not, but <laughs> Well, I think that's what we're talking about. There's not really a right no. way to do it, right? Everybody's a little different. Yeah, I, uh, I I like the the writing down of things because then you can stay more focused. Right. I think that's a really good thing for all athletes and people to do just so you can stay focused on a task and maybe mm-hmm. it's a long-term task. Right. So it's going to be on that paper for a while, but it reminds you. Uh-huh. So then once again, you have that why. 
I don't, and I don't think parents have that, these types of conversations with their kids. I think the biggest, I have a good story after this. Let's do it. I think the biggest thing, the biggest problem we have with athletes today when it comes to this type of thing is the mental side of the game. The mental training is, is just not done as at, at, at a high level, like the physical training is, um, you touch on it here and there. You mentioned some things, right? But I don't think coaches really spend the time. And and I've tried Talk about how to think about things, just, just the, how to think about, and not even the sport, just think about themselves as a human being, yeah. right? Think about what makes them tick the why, like we've talked about just training their brain to be in the right frame of mind in order to be a successful athlete. Cause being and an athlete's hard. That. Oh, well, it's hard. Oh man. It's really hard. It's really hard. You're going to have you, ups and downs, but guess what? It's just like life. Especially if you're you going to do it at a high level. <laughs> yeah. And and when you listen to these high level professional athletes talk and everybody's wowed by some of the stuff they say, right? They're just their level of mental preparation. Like, like LeBron James's basketball IQ is through the roof, right? But if you don't couple that with an intense desire to be great, like he has, then all you have is a really smart basketball player. Yeah. Probably not very successful. He's a coach. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> probably ends up coaching. That's probably, that's probably why we're doing it. Right. Um, so yeah, just understanding how to train the mind, I think is huge. Okay. You had a story, go for it. What so do you got? this last weekend we had our HP tryouts. Okay. I trained kids. I do a bunch of private lessons. One of my, my kids, he was going to the, the HP trial and his dad being a great parent said, Hey, my dad, my kid's kind of down, you know, he sees the kids of his same age and he feels like they're better than him. Help me talk to him about how he needs to think about it. Like this dad, I was like, well, this dad knows what's going on. Yeah, right. Like he's, he's not making his, he's raising his kid completely. In my opinion, the right way. I think there is a right and wrong when it comes to that stuff. Um, <laughs> there's not m- multiple ways to skin a cat on that. No, when it comes to like <laughs> telling a kid, like maybe kids are better than you. But what the conversation was is the dad is short. Kid is short. Right. Kid plays volleyball. Yeah. This is not a short person sport, especially right. in the setter position. Right. So then what the dad and I talked to him about was things that you said. Just because that kid maybe right now is better than you does not mean your skill cannot get better than him. Your mind cannot get better than him. Things that you intangibly can do better than him. Right. right. And that was so good for him. He, he left with a smile on his face before his last day of the tryout. And apparently he had a really good tryout. That's great. Just because he was told like, you don't compare yourself to others. I think that is one of the worst things to Correct. do for motivation. Yeah. One of the worst things. Right. You have to like love yourself and you have to motivate yourself to be good. Right. And this, this dad was so good. He was telling his dad, a kid like, Hey, when I played this sport, this was normal for me. Mm-hmm. I just had to learn different ways to do things. Right. And he, and that was his way of motivating his kid. And I loved it. I think the biggest mistake that people make is, is they, they say stuff like, Parents, anyways, coaches yeah. probably same thing, right? You know, oh, just outwork them, hard yeah. work, hard work, and you're gonna get there. No, it's like, sorry, kid. You and I've had kids in the past who have not made a team they thought they should have or got cut or whatever, and they're like, well, I worked hard, so, right? So did I. So did everybody yeah. else. And I think that's the mistake. That that's the part that 
people try to motivate that way. Like, listen, just outwork him. You, you, you might not be as good as that kid. You might not be as big as that kid, but you can outwork him Yeah, and still not make the team right? and still sit the bench. So that, that type of motivation can be really deflating because now all of a sudden you go from, well, I did what you told me and to do. And now I didn't get the result. And I didn't get the result. Yeah. Right. So trying to make sure you line up. Know what the dad said? What'd he say? He said, just go compete. Like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You might not be better. You might, you, you know, you might not make the team, but that's okay. Yeah. These, the, the, the opportunity to compete, the opportunity to get better should be motivation enough. Right. And if we're having to show up every day in practice and motivate our kids to get better, they probably need to find something else to do. Yeah. You know, that's the part that is hard as a coach. Cause I, right. When We've all had those kids. Yeah. And when you're at practice, you got time to practice, right? Like I don't, I can't be babysitting your mind. Yeah and your skills all at the same time. So that's where it gets hard to try to navigate all that together. And I, 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 hopefully some of these conversations are good for some of these athletes and parents to understand, okay, how can I help my kid, my future kid? Maybe we're getting some young ones right who are going to have a kid someday and um, understanding what makes them tick, um, you know, what makes them really go. And so now this is going to lead into our next conversation on our next episode. Um, I would love next episode for us to talk about the difference between growth mindset and fixed mindset. And we can really dive into some interesting examples, mental yeah. toughness type conversations that I think will be great for, uh, for some of these athletes moving forward. So great conversation about motivation. I think it's uh, something that uh, certainly is a case by case basis. Like we've talked about something mm-hmm. that we, that, uh, motivation's as, not linear. You're as, not going to be motivated right? the same amount of energy per day either. Well, and it changes yep. from the ebb and flow of life. You know, I mean, there's definitely you cannot lots of get your it. contract renewed. Better still have motivation though, <laughs> right? Better get after <laughs> it, man. So uh, hopefully, uh, those conversations are happening at home. You can help your athletes along a little bit. Um, you know, and, and maybe grow in that regard. Get to know your kids. You know, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Whether it's your own kid living at your house, your kid you're coaching. You know what your teammate, you know, your teammate, get, get to knowing, get, getting to know people will absolutely go a long way in helping motivate others. And ultimately that the goal is to win, right? I mean, we've got a couple of state championship teams on the, the wall here and what these teams had in common is they were motivated by a common goal and then they motivated each other each day to get better because they knew that that was what was going to happen for them at the end. Now, the hard part is it doesn't always happen because I'm looking, I mean, I'm staring at a team right here in 2016 that fell short of their goal their motivation was, was still the same, right? They still had that one yeah. goal in mind and they were still motivate each other every day to try to accomplish that, which was really cool to watch. Just cause you're motivated, right? Just cause you work hard doesn't always mean that little carrot at the ends are waiting for you. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's the hard part, but uh, thanks for sticking with us. Um, find us on all your different podcasts. Do we want to um, do the, like forms. the question at the end too? Do we want to go one more question here? Remind people the question there, Noah. What was Lang Ping's nickname during her coaching career? There it is. Throw that comment down there. Also, we would love to see, hear some comments on um, on what motivated you maybe as an athlete, for those of you who are like former athletes. Or how you view motivation. How do you view motivation? Yeah, give us some comment on motivation. What what helps you along the line? Uh, What's your tick? Yeah, that, that's a great <laughs> question. What's your tick, right? Uh, and maybe we'll respond to some of those comments on our next episode, but... Uh, we will uh, catch you soon. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Have a great night. Peace.